0: My name is Rob and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with a belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Today, in part one of a two-part series, I share a conversation with a good friend of mine, John Froyhofer. Growing up, John felt he lived a normal childhood, the type of childhood any average kid might experience. It wasn't until John got married in his 20s that he began to recognize a certain level of dysfunction and brokenness that had crept into his lifestyle since he was a kid. John and I discussed many of his successes in life, but we also discussed some of the very real challenges that men face, like family of origin issues, the challenges of marriage, and we even discussed the topic of sexual brokenness, a topic that many men battle and struggle with, and yet many men are ashamed or embarrassed to admit it. Can you overcome family of origin issues? Can you heal from sexual brokenness? And can a marriage not only survive those sorts of challenges, but actually thrive on the back end? If so, how? Listen to my friend, John Foyhopper, as he shares his open, honest, encouraging story and discover for yourself. In particular, listen to a decision that John and his wife Kim made during the first year of their marriage. I believe it's one of the key decisions and key turning points that has helped to shape the rest of John's story. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. Okay, so I'm here with my good friend, John Poyhock. John, how are you doing? (laughs) Good. Um, So I'd like to be able to say it's been ages since we've met, but that's not the case. We actually saw one another last night. That's right. Yeah. So, um, the way I like to start this out is first of all, just kind of get like a, a quick 60 second bio, um. Your and the your prime season alive. So how old does that make you?
1: Uh, I will be fifty six on Friday. Very good. Oh, I yeah, gradual. coming up early birthday. Big yeah. birthday celebration right. coming.
0: And you've been married how many Yes, thirty one years. 31 this years. Uh, August. Okay. Um. And how about uh, kids?
1: Uh, we have five children.
0: Okay. Five kids. Uh,
1: ages thirty. Going to be thirty. The oldest daughter is going to be thirty. Uh, youngest son just turned twenty one today.
0: Wow. Yeah, wow. Sam's
1: 21. Can you believe that? No, I cannot. Yeah.
0: And you're recently a, a grandfather, too, aren't yes. you? Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Eloise is uh, seven months. Yeah. We both learned. Right. I thought you was six. <laughs> I was a month off.
0: <laughs> okay, so the way I like to kick things off is, are you familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what I favorites. like to do is kind of an introduction to who you are yeah. and how you both express and receive love. I like to go over the different five mm-hmm. love languages and then let you basically go ahead and say whether they resonate with you or don't. Sure. And for people who aren't familiar with the five love languages, it's based on a book by Gary Chapman that groups our abilities to both express love yes. and receive love into five love languages. And those are physical affection, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. So if you're ready, right. just go ahead and jump into yeah. these and go through them one at a time. That's so, great. It's
1: pretty simple. Yes. I'm an easy mark. Okay, well, good. And you should yeah. probably guess it. Uh, I you should, should probably have a guess day. based on how you know me and how you see me that express is, You love.
0: know what? I probably should have. <laughs> pick about it. So, pick I should have written that down, actually, on some paper. No, and see right. if I could have gotten it yeah, right. See if you so, could so. guess. Um, so, first of all, let's start out with physical affection. Yes. How important is that to you? And what does it look like these days?
1: Yeah, so on a um, scale of one to 10, it's a mm-hmm. 100.
0: Okay, yeah, so that's very high.
1: So it is my number one love language, mm-hmm. it's my number two love language, it's my number three <laughs> love language, my number four love language.
0: That wouldn't explain why you're a hugger. There you go,
1: see? So <laughs> yeah. my understanding, what I've learned from the five love languages, is not only what mine is, but yeah. I, it helps me recognize what other people's are based right. on yeah. how they lead yeah. in yeah. connecting with people.
0: Yeah. Um, So how has that love language changed or evolved for you over time, especially in terms of like your marriage and your family? How's that changed?
1: Uh, So it's always been there. Okay. Um, So my first full sentence, if you go in my baby book in the basement Mm. and pull it up, uh, it says John's first sentence or first phrase, I guess, Mm -hmm. is what they have in those baby books back then. Hold me two seconds.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, wow. And
1: I never put that together until in yeah. my early twenties when yeah. I started working we may on have myself.
0: Fact, shock and I may have to have. You yeah, I'll go pull that, that up for it. you. Yeah, it's uh, not there somewhere. I
1: have no idea yeah. which Rubbermaid box, but it's in there somewhere.
0: Um, so, in terms of the most affectionate person you know, who would that be? Is it either a friend, Ooh. child, a grandchild, maybe a wife? Who's the most affectionate person that you know? Not including yourself. Yeah. Who? That's interesting. Yeah,
1: I'd say Kim. He's probably Kim. Yeah, okay. on some level. Although that—that's not her love language. Yeah, her love language is acts of service.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Because but at the end of this, ex- I'm going to ask you about her. Yeah. Act, her, her love language. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, and then I, I'd probably say my uh, my paternal grandma, mm-hmm. uh, Grandma B, my dad's mom. Yeah. She was very affectionate
0: yeah. growing up. I'm wondering if that's going to change over time. Like now that we both have grandkids. Yeah. And my granddaughter, she loves to just kind of like climb all over top of you. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I'll be curious to see over a period of time if the most affectionate person that I know ends up being my my granddaughter, at least during a season of life. Yeah. So, Um, and in terms of the Huggers Hall of Fame, who would you identify uh, somebody who belongs in the Huggers Hall of Fame. Who gives you a good run for Ooh, your money? That's
1: it that's a great question. Holy cats, who does give me a yeah. good run for my money? Hmm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last mm-hmm. time who was a good hugger. Man, I'm trying to think of somebody yeah. I'm connected with now, but it's been so weird. So with COVID last year, right. it, we're completely out of that. We didn't. Yeah. True. Do
0: any hugging yeah. for yeah. So, almost a year. How did that whole season impact you? It's horrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was yeah. Wh- and it, it took me a while to figure it out, though.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because yeah. we were wrapped up in it. So there's the the different stages. So yeah. there's the, the front end, which is, hey, we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. So let's get about helping everybody get through it. Yeah. And then when that lasted way longer than you thought it right. would, because we thought, oh, maybe by June or July, everything will be back to normal. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, so it probably caught up to me figured in october november yeah
2: mm, and then wow. i was
1: just struggling yeah. and i'm like what what's going on yeah. why am i depressed why yeah. am i this or that or why am i struggling with these behaviors that normally yeah i always struggle with those yeah. but they're more of a struggle now
2: Yeah, more pronounced. and then
1: i find you know finally I said you know what time to go get talk to a therapist again yeah. figure some of this out yeah. and that and it was all tied to not one the lack of connection yeah. although i was connected you mm-hmm. we weren't Physically, as right. connected to people. Do you have a pet? Uh, no. But we have seven grandkittens.
0: Okay. <laughs> and a grand dog.
1: But And we have two here now because our youngest daughter, Grace, is here and now. Kitten. So, there's two. Yeah. So, yes, we do, but no, we don't. Because well, Kim's allergic, yeah. which has been great. It's been the best excuse ever. So, okay. I highly recommend this I did not think about when I chose to marry her or ask her to marry me, was that's a, if you don't want pets, which they're harder to care for than people. Yeah. And uh, so that's worked out really well. But all our kids all yeah. have pets
2: now.
0: Yeah, um, because you know, for me as a single person, yeah, um, who doesn't have cable or internet, oof. Um, I notice just the the lack of physical connection myself too. And um, if there were any time that I possibly thought about getting a pet, it would have been during that yeah. season. My problem is being a single person. I'm not at home right. that much. Taking right. care of them. Cats, eventually, you know, the hair, the dander, the urine, it's <laughs> you they throw up a on your guy. carpet. I mean, um, I'm a cat guy. I'm okay
1: with cats. Well, I had but a cat for a while, did you? I actually. Okay. Had, They're actually easier. They're a lot easier.
0: Two cats, and uh, my daughter said she was going to take both of them, you know, when she moved yeah. out, and uh, she only took one of them, yeah. and so she left me with one. I just thought that was unfair to the cat who was right. so used to having another cat there, so eventually I took the cat to the Humane Society. And it was one of the worst trips of my life. The cat knew something was right? oh, really? up. The cat yeah, knew, they, yeah, and just this too. low whining, growling. The cat knew something. You still wake I, up in the middle of hearing yeah, it. That's right. It's horrible. It's so horrible. <laughs> so, horrible. So, yeah. so that's physical affection. Yes, physical um, affection so how about sure. quality time? What does quality time look like to you? Do you gravitate more towards like uh, an active activity or something yeah. that's passive? Or both? definitely
1: active. Yeah. Okay. So when Kim and I look to spend time together, although we we spend a lot of time watching, you know, binging different series on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, but uh, when we do stuff like we just got back from Disneyland, so yeah. we like to go yeah. do stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or how Disneyland? It was great. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's the best Disney Is part. It? I mean, yeah. it trumps. Yeah, Disney World for sure. Because gotcha. it's the original, first off. Yeah. Um, and it's just more intimate. It's. Yeah all the best rides in a smaller, you know, square mile area yeah. and you can walk everywhere. You don't have to get on shuttles and boats mm-hmm. and good point. You know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And the hotels even if they're not on property, they're right across the street kind of yeah. thing so you can
0: walk everywhere. So did just you two go or was it somewhere? Well, it was a, it
1: was a combination work play trip. So okay. that's the western area is the the area that I lead for our sales yeah. organization. And so I've got a guy that works in Southern California. So I spent Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday working for him. And while I was working, Kim and Carolyn came Mm -hmm. along. Ah, And so Kim and Carolyn went to the parks. uh, And then Carolyn flew home Friday morning. And then Mm -hmm. Kim and I stayed for the weekend. So we came home Monday. Yeah, yeah, it was great.
0: Um, So in terms of binge watching, what are some of your favorite shows to binge watch that would be qualified? Uh, So right now
1: we're, you know, anything Marvel. So ah, those have been great. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. We're doing, uh, we're in the middle of Bad Batch right now. So, yeah, if, if you listen to this and, you have, and you're a Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. first off, if you haven't watched any of the Clone Wars or any of this stuff, you're really not a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So you've got, and I I had not you know, somebody else told us about it, I'm like, whatever. Probably Jason Tierney. Yeah. Uh, you know Jason. Yeah. I, yeah, He's a big Star Wars guy. But so we were, t- and I'm like, I don't know, it's animation. You know, I liked the Well, I liked six of the nine Star Wars yeah. movies, but um, the same six everybody else liked, too. Uh, but you know what, we started, wa- Kim started watching them, and mm-hmm. then she really liked them. like, well, Kim likes them. She's got good taste, so let me jump on, and they're phenomenal. So then now ah. we're in Bad Batch, ah, which okay. is the most recent animated yeah. series for the Star Wars. Good to
0: know if I ever get the cable. That's good to know. Yeah, now you More know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of quality time, kind of similar to physical affection, yeah. who do you spend your best quality time with these days? Again, friend, child, grandchild, wife?
1: Yeah, so Kim, yeah, top of the list, because mm-hmm. she's here all the time, mm-hmm. and we got regular stuff we do together, whether it's working out or, like I said, traveling or watching yep. stuff. Uh, I'd probably say the guys um, mm-hmm. from uh, The Crossing, mm-hmm. uh, both, and some of our neighbors, there's two of them that, you know, the Wiltons and the Followers live right down the street, yeah. ah, three four okay. houses down. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time together working out in the morning and yep. then just playing.
0: Yeah. So. Good. Yeah, Fun. Okay, so that's um, quality time. The third love language is words of affirmation, encouragement, love. How important is it to be affirmed, encouraged, and acknowledged for what you do, and more importantly, who you are? And how important is it to hear those three simple words, I love you? Yeah, so I'd probably put, hmm.
1: So far, you're in the order of my preference. Ah, all uh, Because I would put quality time above affirmation. Okay. But I definitely like mm. affirmation. Because um, I like attention, period. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know that. The red <laughs> shoes, everything. So it's just... So it's true. The it, red yeah, shoes. It just that's me. That's who I am. I enjoy attention. So so therefore, I like affirmation. And I. It's not like I have to have it, but I enjoy it when I get yeah. it. Um, yeah. Whether it's Ron saying something nice yeah. about me yeah. uh, or referencing me yeah. when he yeah. does. Uh, or one of the guys... Um, recently on something when we were in a small group share, and you know, who's impacted at different things. And one of the guys yeah. brought it to me. I'm like, wow, that's awesome to hear. That is awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah, not that I uh, don't, you know, I do like it, but it's not super yeah. high up on the. On
0: so the... do you consider yourself to be an affirming person by nature? Uh,
1: I try to be, I try to be an encourager. Yeah. So to me, that's a, a similar thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, and if, especially if I see, so there's people around me that I recognize as encouragers. Yeah. So that tells me, guess what? Yeah. They like to be encouraged. Yeah. So yeah. I try and go out of my way to make sure I pay attention and find a spot to encourage yeah. them, either with a text or a phone call yeah. or something.
0: Um, so, you know what I discovered during COVID is since um, it was hard to be physically affectionate with people, I discovered like one of my then top love languages to express to people morphed to affirmation words and encouragement, mm. intentionally looking for something that was genuinely positive about, about them. Yeah. And what I discovered, you know, there's really no overhead whatsoever in terms of yeah, right. noticing yeah. something good, special, positive about somebody, and then just taking the initiative to to draw it to their attention. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, um, at least for me personally, my love languages kind of can either morph or adapt to kind of the environment or the situation mm-hmm. that I'm in. Okay. Um, so in terms of encouraging people, like who is or who are some of the most encouraging people that you know?
1: Ooh. Uh, Greg yeah. Matheson. He's an encouraging mm-hmm. guy. I've seen him not only encouraging me, but I've seen him encourage others uh, yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, I think Derek Wilton yeah. has a real similar gift of encouragement. Yeah that is Um, good yeah
0: when it's just part of the personality It's natural and it flows yeah it it just comes right out yeah it's
1: not it's something that just happens I don't have to i gotta think about it i like i said i gotta look i try and be intentional about it so (laughs) i can do it in fact there's been different seasons at work where you know when i'm on top of my game Mm. i try to do that every friday yeah i try to Ah, pick somebody that i haven't reached out to a while in the organization yeah. say hey thanks for this and we have a little reward system where we can give people points they can turn into gift cards or whatever yeah. and so i try and use that on a regular yeah. basis
0: so. so if um physical affection quality time are your your two top love mm-hmm. languages um away from work do you think they're also your top love languages at work yeah oh sure okay
1: yeah if you would ask people i work with they would go oh yeah, right. a toucher he's a yeah. hugger yeah. guy yeah,
0: yeah. high okay. five or all that that's stuff good. Yeah. so that's the way you are across the board yeah, yeah. um so the fourth love language is acts of service. How important are acts of service to you these days and what do they look like? How could someone serve you well in your different roles, either as a dad, a husband, an employer? Acts of service.
1: Mm-hmm. I, it's not super important. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoyed doing more of it than receiving it. Yeah, no, and it's a way to kind of it's more my performance bias and all the other baggage that goes along with being a performance bias person, yeah. uh, unfortunately. So it's it's always awkward to receive that yeah. kind of help and that kind of service. Mm-hmm. So it's more about if, what would that look like? I'm trying to think of active service. Yeah, you know, Kim just regularly, she knows what to do for me to
0: yeah uh, like could know, take
1: something off my plate.
0: Help you at home, help you yeah. at work, maybe pray for you, maybe running an errand for you. You know, yeah, that's so. Yeah, I just can't remember
1: that. <laughs> well, pray <right laughs> for me, sure. That, that's that's that's. Yeah, there's plenty of guys right. in our men's group that do that. Yeah. Um, trying, but there's guys that would, you know, that would bring up some barbecue yeah. or you know bring a new bourbon. Hey, yeah. have you tried? You know, this this when we come to, especially in the fall yeah. and winter when it's fire pit season and it's time to try some new bourbons, have some new cigars. And, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I found during this season of my life, I think acts of service is my number one love language to express. Oh, okay. To others, um, Starting through youth, yeah, quarter life, other positions, that makes sense. yeah, um, and even in like our, our running group, yeah, I love. Even though it's a passion of mine, photography, I'm right? Yeah, pictures, you're serving people by doing it. People, that for sure. they still get a huge kick out of it, and they are. Um, Consider it like micro-relationships. Mm-hmm. They are some of the most appreciative, affirming people. When I post my pictures right. every week on the, the Big River Training Team oh, uh, yeah. page. And uh, it's just, it really resonates with me.
1: So, do you, so then do you like to be served
0: in that way? You know what? I'm kind of the same way as you. I would feel, being a, a single guy who's used to taking care of himself, I would feel unused to being served okay. um, like if somebody were to just bring me a cu- cup of coffee like without me asking for it just because they noticed that yeah. that maybe okay. I would be impressed by that okay. I would be impressed just by the little level of service so or if somebody if they were to intentionally share with me that they felt nudged by like the, the Holy Spirit yeah. to pray for me and they would share that I would be impressed by that yeah okay. totally Yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, So the last one is gifts. How important are gifts to you? Are you a gift card type of guy? Or do you like to take your time and research and personalize your gifts? And what's the best gift you've both given and received for the past couple years? Oh, Pascal. Yeah,
1: that's so hard the past couple years. trying to think of what I've given the past couple. We were so focused on the kids for so long.
0: Yeah, or even time frame. Make it work. Yeah, so that
1: what immediately came to mind when you started saying the best gift ever received mm-hmm. um, or best I ever gave. Let's start with that one. Yeah. So I remember when we were newly married. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were up in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, and we we're I don't know if we were in our apartment or I can't remember. It had to be in an apartment. Trying to remember which Christmas it was. Anyway, we have a lot of money, but I had saved all this change. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in singles and fives and but mostly change. So I took it all to the bank because you know that's where you could go to get change. Yeah. You couldn't go anywhere else. Right. They didn't have it at the Schnooks. Right. And we had change back then. Now nobody has change anywhere. Yeah. So we uh so I took it at okay so I had this certain amount of money. Well there is a Christian artist who I assume he's still active, Ron deciani
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: if you're familiar with him. Um he did these beautiful portraits where he would take a uh, scripture stories or references but then put a current view to it Mm -hmm. um so there was one piece that i knew kim really liked and so i just happened to find out that he was going to be in uh, the milwaukee area at a print signing and so i went and i had turned my change into cash and i went and i bought a print and i had him sign it and it was a you know a certain number of so many and uh, so I gave, she was completely blown away yeah. by that. And it was just awesome. And in fact, it hangs, where is that now? It's either in the uh, the back bedroom or, yeah, it's. I think it's in one of the bedrooms yeah. still. But we've carried that, you know, in every place we've ever lived. Yeah. But that's yeah. just a great, that's a great print. Yeah. Um, and so, the, and then the best, one of the best gifts I ever got, I got, Kim really surprised me. Um, and this, this, I think was the first Christmas when we moved back to St. Louis in 97. Yeah. Uh, with the new set of golf clubs uh-huh. I didn't wow. I talked about it but I didn't expect it no. and it just what yeah you and they were the right ones right and the, you know it was everything so I don't know if she must talk I, I can't remember how that you know, probably talked to my dad or something but I got a brand new set, and I still have them that's you know I need to get a new set actually yeah. if she's listening <laughs> To the well, podcast. I just played with the rental set uh, while I was traveling and I wrote they played better than the Wilson fat shafts I have in my bag out there now but anyway but yeah that was probably one of the better gifts uh, I received and then you get stuff from your kids that you know make your sure. make you weep yeah. like a yeah. Baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah they go out of their way to get us just you know care yeah. they all do yeah. yeah I don't want to single anyone out because yeah. they've all Rockwell. all all of them at some point they've written something they've created something they've publish something or they you know given me something that's been very very important to me because yeah. they and they paid attention and how they've done that so yeah. I'm, pretty
0: I'm kind of the same way gifts it's especially during this season of life it's so tough to yeah. like, like like camera equipment I know exactly what I want and at this stage in season of life it's the top end stuff and so I wouldn't expect anybody to yeah. like oh, they even know, which know one what to get I you. Wanted yeah, yeah much less Um. so but like you say it's
1: but I'm a horrible gift giver normally. You, oh yeah, Kim gives me abuse from the, the beginning of our relationship because the first when we were dating, I you know one Christmas I got her I got her camera supplies. She had a Pentax K1000, mm-hmm. so I thought, oh this would be great. I'll get her some yeah. filters to yeah. you know because I know and a bag and cleaning kit or something
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then the next year I got her art supply so that used to be the running joke what do you you know, art supply or appliances stuff that it's just was well, not really creative or romantic did uh, so, you ever get her a vacuum cleaner no okay. not,
0: <laughs> you know what <laughs> actually this
1: last Christmas I did I got her a Roomba that's on black on uh, Amazon black Sunday Monday whatever that special shopping is they had such a good deal on it I'm like she won't I got it she didn't know I had one of the kids get it, and so she opened up. And that's Dobby. You, I don't know if you saw Dobby when you hear it, it was running out there in the family room. Yeah, I
0: didn't. I thought that was the cat out there. Yeah, no, oh, you did not hear the cat. That's one of the cats. Yeah, but no,
1: the the uh, room was working that's or I room, whichever one is never changed. So, so I have got yeah, her. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well as long as she, yeah, I got, been, do, I got work to do. Obviously, um, I got work to
0: do. But I'm kind of the same way. It's the the best gifts that I received are like the personal notes from my kids that they leave in the cards. That's always the most touching. Yeah. Right. Those are the things that bring tears of like joy to your Yeah. Eyes, so, yeah. Um, so those are the five love languages. Now, what do you think are Kim's top two love
1: languages? Yeah. So acts of service for sure. Okay.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And it's you know, they. It probably took me twenty years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ah. To re- no, I knew it. I yeah. always knew it was, yeah. but to accept it.
2: Yeah. And so actually how does she
1: serve you with well? something about it? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and just to focus on loving her in the way that because that's the way I always look at love languages. That's how she was created to be loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's my duty to understand that and then love her that way. Yeah, so that honors the way God created her to be.
0: Yeah, so so she likes it when you perform like acts of service for her. Yeah,
1: okay. just yeah, uh, you know, do the grocery shopping, and yeah. do the cooking, yeah. cleaning. Yeah, do, you know, just yeah. the the little things.
0: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And then what would be her second one if it's there's this nice mm-hmm. one beneath. Probably words of
1: affirmation, but she's pretty heavy access service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Touch is way down the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're completely out That is
0: funny that. because I've had other yeah. couples oh, tell yeah. me the same thing. But she too. works at it.
1: So she, yeah, you know, she regularly, you know, because <clears> <throat> what will happen is I'll go to rubber leg or, yeah. what, or neck or whatever and she'll like, and then she knows that that's my signal for, you know, really, I would just want you to touch me. So she's, she's figured that out. Um, uh, probably, I'd say words of affirmation is probably that. Nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which I
1: don't do enough of. I don't yeah. do So have you
0: ever found her. that, like, after you vacuum the front room, that Kim's more than intentional about hugging you afterwards? Yeah, well, it's a,
1: so there's, it's a longer <laughs> process than a single act. So, but it is, there is a miraculousness <laughs> to when you, if you choose to serve um, intentionally yeah. without reward. Yeah.
2: yeah but, and that's what yeah, it takes. Yeah, so, and it agreed. took me
1: until it was probably 10 or 11 years ago that I yeah. finally, God and I had a little conversation <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and he was like, just do it. Yeah. Quit expecting because there was a time when it was like I'm um, well i was like wood into a fire that if i put this in i put it in put it in yeah. i should no no john right just love her yeah without any expectation yeah.
0: and yeah. so yeah. Yeah. as yeah.
1: soon as i figured that out and then did it yeah. it's one thing to understand it right. it's a whole because you just te- you catch yourself i would catch myself especially the first and i still there's times where i'll migrate back that way where i'll do all these things i'm like Hop, nah, nah, nah.
0: Yeah. no no yeah, good. Just love yeah, her. Yeah, just keep I'm doing right it that way. Yeah, but uh, so, what do you think are each one of the kids' top love language? Who? That's a,
1: you know what? It's probably worth revisiting because some of ah, them have changed.
2: Yeah, good
0: point. What's
1: weird is, is I don't think Kim or I have changed too much. Yeah. Maybe some of the secondary ones have. Yeah, but I do. I do know that my some of my kids have changed because we always, you know, when they were kids, we always put them through the survey. Yeah. Hey, do fill this up. Let ah, us know. Yeah, and so then we knew how yeah. to love them. Yeah, and, and so at different times, some of them really loved gifts, and mm-hmm. so I would be go out of my way to bring something home from a trip, or that focus on that. And then some of those have changed, and they're not gifts now; they're more words of affirmation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're all over the board. Yeah.
0: Um, I learned from a friend of mine when he shared about. Uh, just raising his daughter that he was intentional about, you know, honestly praising her and acknowledging her when she mm-hmm. did something that he noticed that that was like a light bulb moment for me. So with the, each of my kids, I try to be very intentional. Then on their birthdays, I try to keep like a little notepad of just different things okay. that happen over the course of the year. And then cite specific things about them that I'm proud of. Okay. And you know, that, that I love about both of them. Um, not just that they're performance-based but then right just how they are yeah yeah, not what they do
1: but who they are yeah yeah. exactly yeah that's a great one of the things i did so one of the cool things about advent conspiracy was Mm -hmm. that i would regularly try and come up with something different Mm. Uh, so one year back when it must have been early
0: on in gmail so just for um, people who may be oh, listening yeah. who don't know what Advent Conspiracy yeah. is, would you like to go? So start? yeah, in uh,
1: 2006, okay, which coincides with when we ended up at the Crossing. Mm-hmm. So God had a plan in all mm-hmm. this. Uh, upon further reflection, looking yeah. backwards, um, so we showed up in the fall. Advent Conspiracy launches as we approach the Christmas season of 2006 at the Crossing in Chesterfield. That was the only campus at that mm-hmm. time. Um, they announced, "Hey, you know, Greg and a couple other pastors were." On a trip, and they were frustrated with how Christmas had been, and they would get burned out. And they're like, "Hey, we got to come up with something different." Yep. So they came up with Advent Conspiracy, which yep. is you know ways to uh, to worship fully, uh, to spend less in order to give more and love all. Yep. So those are the four tenets mm-hmm. of Advent Conspiracy. And, th- and at the crossing, we focused on that give more uh, to help solve the clean water problem that exists at that time for eight hundred eighty-eight million. Uh, people around the world. Now it's less than that by yeah. a couple hundred million. Yeah. Um, but in, in 2000, so that was, I just, like, I love that. So over the years then, during that season, I would find some way to give more uh, relational gifts, something that uh, was more creative. Yeah. And so over the years, I came with different things. And you remind me of your uh, gift that you mentioned, remind me of one that for the kids, I got them each a Gmail account that was AC, AC, their name AC ah, whatever year ah, yeah. at gmail.com yeah. and as I traveled for that the month before whatever I would type some send them an email yeah. something special about yeah. them or that I appreciated yeah. or remembered yeah. about so which reminds I I should go back I have no idea what I put in
0: there that I don't remember I, oh I'm yes. sure they're there yeah, yeah. I,
1: there I, I probably have a username and password somewhere to figure out all those accounts because yes. yeah. I had to create them all but um, yeah that's a that's been a great uh, great blessing yeah as really cool. being part of the crossing so
2: yeah
0: um okay so let's pivot yeah. transition now those are the, the five love languages yeah. and let's talk about who you are right now mm-hmm. so during your current season of life how would you define or describe John Freyhofer? would you describe your current season of life as thriving exactly where you want to be mm-hmm. would you describe it maybe the opposite spiraling and headed in the wrong direction <laughs> are thriving, but still a lot more you want to accomplish or somewhere in between, how would you describe your current season of life?
1: Uh, thriving, but with a dissatisfaction, knowing what I want to accomplish.
0: Yeah. And what's
1: ahead, more. knowing what's ahead. So yeah. it's kind of that, um, yeah, I've been working on a, uh, a goal or a plan, or I don't know what to call it, uh, for several years now. Um, and so my goal is when I hit 60, in four years from Friday, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to leave BP, mm-hmm. uh, leave doing what I do now, uh, because I don't have to make the kind of money uh, I make today to support uh, uh, our financial situation in a mm-hmm. sense. Uh, and circumstance, and so I, I can aff- I can afford to go do something I'm more passionate about.
2: And what um, would that be?
1: Combination of things. So, you know, right now, I I feel like there's three choices that I keep coming back to. So, is there an opportunity with Living Water to Mm -hmm. do something Mm -hmm. full time and help accelerate the solution, the provision of clean water to the thirsty? Uh, Is there something crossing that's connected to that or men's or whatever other need uh, that they might have at that time, four years from now? Uh, Or is it something in the middle? where I create uh, uh, my, my own not-for-profit or or movement um, so it's uh, or and then there's also this thing in the middle that I could also do as a part of either of those other two because yeah. it fits yeah. uh, sure. so, and so I, I just keep talking about it I keep every once in a while I'll meet with folks like you who I've connected with over the yeah. years either on well trips or also passionate about living water and you know they a lot of those conversations come out of the blue somebody reached to hey let's have a cup of coffee i'm like i haven't talked to you and forever why so we go and talk and they tell me i'm like hey you know i think i got to share this with you so i'll share my dream or my my vision and and so okay let's keep those conversations going so i'm trying to be a little more intentional and looking for people to share it with and um, so we'll see yeah
0: Yeah. so that's good so you've got Four more years. Four more years. Before you have to kind of make a decision. Yes. The yeah. And, and right
1: now, yeah. my goal goes, because I'm the guy, guy that I'll overthink it all. Yeah. And so all I'm saying, all right, God, here's the deal. I just want <laughs> little steps. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, I, you know, all these things I see, that's not, I just got to make sure I'm doing the little things uh, today.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I love to be like a planner. And I would have told you, pre-COVID, with the next 20 years of my life, we're going to yeah. look you. Post-COVID, holy schmoly. <laughs> things can pivot on a yeah. dime. And uh, just as, tried and as cliche as it sounds, live much more, not taking any day for granted. Yeah. Um, just appreciating what I do have in my life right now. That's so. good. But it is good to be a planner.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, I've got the personality to make stuff happen. Yeah. So I'm trying not to. I'm trying to find the middle ground between letting it come to me, letting God set it, prepare it, but also being faithful and taking the the right steps at the right time instead of trying to rush
0: it. Yeah, good. Okay, so what I like to do now is I kind of like to go back and start at the beginning. Yeah. um, Because those beginning, the early formative years, whether we consciously realize it or not, often shape and influence a large portion of who we are and how our life plays out for better or for worse. And as adults, we either reap the benefits of how we were raised or we spend years unpacking and dealing some of the fallout and trauma we experienced early in life. So tell me about your childhood years and what it was like growing up as a youth. What are some of your earliest memories of a child growing up? Good, bad, somewhere in between.
1: Yeah, uh, so I grew up in St. Louis, okay. uh, South County, okay. Melville. All
2: right,
1: for those people in yeah, listen right. to this who don't live in right. the St. Louis area, you have to tell so them high school. Prove you it, right, right? Yeah, so that tells uh, if you know where somebody went to high school, that tells you <laughs> pretty much everything you need to know about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, really so yeah, so grew up South County. So even before then, though, so my great grandfather came over. Uh, from what is now Romania.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's the Banat region. Yeah.
1: Uh, originally, his so they, when he was 14, he came over by himself. Mm. Uh, wow. Came through Ellis Island. Incredible. Uh, wow. And then went to family, uncle, I think, or aunt. I Kim knows all the details. I'm horrible about yeah. remembering this stuff. Uh, I can go on Ancestry and remember right. it that way if we look at it. But anyway, so they settled in Seward, um, mm. yep. and the, the places are still there. Uh, so then uh, he so he came at fourteen, ended up getting married. Uh, so nineteen eighteen comes along, which is.
0: 19, you remember
1: nineteen eighteen?
0: 1918. What happened in nineteen eighteen? It wasn't the stock crash. Spanish blue. Oh, the ah, oh, oh, the first COVID. Wow. Let's wow. call yeah, it the first, first COVID. COVID.
1: Okay, yeah. So that that happens. Uh, he they're married. He's a barber. Uh, so he's uh, he they have a son and daughter. Uh, who are young. I think my mm-hmm. grandpa was three at the time. Uh, his sister was probably one. Anyway, they make it through the first uh, part of the Spanish flu. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, they go back to work. He catches it and dies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's one of the casualties mm-hmm. of the, the box. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, good news, as my, my grandfather's there, so I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he was Johan or John matthew fraunhofer uh, my grandpa okay. is john matthew fraunhofer my dad's dad my dad is john matthew Fronhofer jack uh, and i'm john matthew Fronhofer uh, and my uh, son is john christian fraunhofer okay because sure he was the second born and there's stuff but uh we'll talk more about that it yeah. sounds like as we go <laughs> forward here. so yeah so they all uh so they go up and actually migrated uh my grandpa's mom got remarried to the Holfers and they were actually in times beach Route oh 66 gosh. Park, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember as a kid, we'd drive by because my mom was from St. Clair, so yeah. we would drive out yeah. to St. Clair to visit grandma and grandpa down there. And they'd always point out when the houses used to be down there, yeah. which is where Route 66 State Park yeah. is, that oh, yeah, that's uh, you know, grandpa's uh, old place, and they used to have a cow tied up out there, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of interesting that we ended up out here in Eureka when we moved back, yeah, it is, yeah, but so. So, you know, South County, South City, that German population, mm-hmm. that's all my heritage. And, and on both sides. Grandma's, main name was Buny. Um, the Middletons were out in St. Clair by then, that's my mom's side. But uh, so we grew up in South County. Um, I was the oldest of three. I've got yeah. a brother who is 11, let's see, July, August, September. Yeah, 11 months uh, younger than me. Yeah. And wow. then we have a sister that's six years younger than he is. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of us we've in fact i've never had my own bedroom yeah have a whole life. wow you that's straight from. I was straight from growing up Have my yeah. brother and i share a room like well i probably had one before he was born right. but you know then then we shared a room all the way and then we uh i went to college i had a roommate my freshman year yep. and a roommate my sophomore year then he came to mizzou yep. my junior we shared a one-bedroom apartment yeah and then by the, my senior year, we did have three bedroom apartment. he and I had a buddy, but then Kim and I were dating, so we pretty much shared a room. Yeah. And yeah. then we got married after yeah. college, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of my, I yeah, always tell that's him, man, I that's wish fun. I had my own room. Right. <laughs> and I kind of got it here in my office. But, you do. Yeah, yeah, This is your end, Kim. Yeah, this is it,
0: kind yeah. of, yeah. Um, so growing up then, would you consider your early years... Were those good years, bad years. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, as you as you go through them, you think they're fantastic. Yeah. I mean, grew up middle class. Yeah. Uh, we lived in Town South. If you're familiar with South County, everybody knows where Town South is. Mm-hmm. That was one of those older first developments there. Yeah. And uh, and then when we were in middle school, uh, we moved to uh, what's Carvilla, and that's where my folks still live because um, they built a house. There was a, my dad worked for Mallinckrodt for thirty okay. plus years. And so there was a strike going on, and so because he was in management, he had to do strike work. And so because he was doing strike work, he was making all kinds of extra money. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to, you know what, hey, let's build a house. Yeah. so they ended up building a house. He worked he worked his tail off for, I don't know how long that strike was, but he was pretty much living at the plant, working yeah. there all the time. But then we moved over there in the middle school, and um, which kept us in the same school district, which was mm-hmm. great, kept us in the the same middle school and we were always going to go to Melville, So that worked out pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're going through that, you think, "Hey, this is this is great. Um, and then so we we go to Mizzou. Uh, I meet Kim freshman year. There's a whole story behind that. I'll tell that at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, then we get married. You move. So then we move to Wisconsin because that's the job I could get. Uh-huh. So in that experience, then, you know, as I start figuring out I had to learn more about myself, understanding mm-hmm. some of the, my things I'm not happy about myself with, yeah. uh, and then you start. Okay, I need help in some areas. Yeah. Well, why is that? Well, there was a certain level of dysfunction yeah. growing up, um, and it. When you're going through it, you know. Oh no, everything's perfect. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't perfect at all. Yeah. So, you know, you dad. To dad was there physically, mm-hmm. but not there emotionally. Yeah. So. Uh, and mom was there uh, as a stay-at-home mom all the way through middle schoolish, and then she went to real estate, and was real successful uh, selling homes. Yeah. Um, but it's, I would say, growing up, she was emotionally explosive.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you had that always eggshells, uncertainty. I was the oldest, performance driven. Yeah. I had the only way I get any uh, positive attention. Yeah. Is when I did well, so I did well a lot. Yeah, and when I didn't do well, it was no good. Yeah, that's so, a Good observation. Yeah. So,
0: what were your parents' love languages in terms of how they expressed it to your kids?
1: Uh, you, kids? Ah, yes. So they knew as touch it was interesting because I, my, we did the same. as back back scratching? Did you do that, girl? I mean, I I didn't know a lot of. I did that with my Let's kids. We just scratch our my my dad would scratch our backs when we were like elementary, even maybe a little middle school and then it got to the point where I was like, Okay, no, that's got it, you're <laughs> too old. You know, yeah. But dad was the back stretcher We'd take turns, so I, he would scratch our back we were scratching. Right? So I it's think definitely. it was uh while we were watching whatever. There's right. three channels. So whatever it was yeah. on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that I so my guess is my dad is definitely more yeah. like me and his would probably be touch. Mom's is probably acts of service. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I can see that. Um, I think my dad's love language growing up was um acts of service and he was immersed in his job. Hmm. Felt like he, he had his own business basically which as the business got successful, as you might guess, he spent less time at yeah. home, more time right. out there. And so, but in his mind, I think the entire time he felt like he was, he was yeah, showing was just, his family that this right, started like his family. i want to take care of you all. Right. Yeah. And um, my mom's love language, I think it was definitely quality time. And so they eventually, they're good yeah. disconnect, <sighs> uh, eventually end up leading to divorce. And so yeah. again, like you say, um, uh, looking back on, Stuff like that. I don't think until recently as I began to unpack some of my family abortion Mm -hmm. stuff, I I didn't think I was impacted by it at all. And Mm. now looking back on it, I can see where it's definitely had an impact. Yeah. Definitely definitely had an
1: impact. Yeah. All all that stuff's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I figured that out. It took me till I was about 22. Yeah. And we just hit some stuff early on in our marriage. And I'm like. The, yeah what's where's the skeleton from? yeah and so then with the help of a great therapist uh, yeah hey what about all that what oh yeah. oh yeah and then so then I got because I couldn't be angry but I was completely angry ah, underneath to, it all so
0: how'd you express it if you couldn't go ahead and vent it Which uh way? I just didn't
1: just like uh, the
0: passive-aggressive uh, route.
1: yes okay. de- definitely I'm okay. a huge passive-aggressive yeah. guy I'm an expert Passive-aggressive artist, I'd say, at some level. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not as much anymore, but I could, yeah, I could be, that's an art form type. Uh, But so I'd say back then, so then I was able to then be angry with my parents. And it took, you know, it took, one, it was hard to do, but then as I did it, then I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then we had a lot of, and it was also at the same time that I understood what grace was. Yeah. So it all—it was all... Yeah, so I yeah. had this huge spiritual and emotional growth all happening at the same yeah. time. N- not by coincidence, yeah. of course. But... Um, and so that was all mixed together because now I was believing in a different way than as yeah. I grew up. Um, and so there, that was a whole nother level to it all. Yeah. Um, and so it just took time and it took difficult conversations. And we were in Wisconsin at the time. So I... You know, there is a time that i had to uh go to my parents individually i said all right dad i'm gonna come to st louis i'm coming by myself we're gonna we're gonna go uh meet at this uh retreat center yeah. uh we're gonna spend you know one night there and uh what uh-huh. are we gonna do uh, when we we will talk about that yeah. when i get there yeah we're now there. the great news is they came yeah so you know i think about some people, their parents, there's some people, their parents won't show up. Yeah. Right. You know, they'll just say, yeah, I'm not in for that. Yeah, Whereas right. my parents, yeah. I know, because it's not them. They don't, yeah. they weren't as equipped as I've been equipped. Yeah. Their parents, you know, they're way better than their parents were. But again, yeah. we all got room to grow. We do. So they, so I'm sure it was super uncomfortable for them. Yeah. But they came, you know, so the first night, you know, and I did, ended up doing it with my mom too on a separate occasion. But the first time with my dad was, um, yeah, here's all the stuff. I'm pissed off at you a lot. And ping, 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 wow. ping, 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 Wait out. Yeah. However long it took. Yeah. And then I shut, close it up. So how'd
0: your dad respond? Uh,
1: he listened. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Some of it was asking questions to help me understand why I had certain behavior patterns and brokenness that I wasn't happy with. And where did that all come from? And help me figure that out. Um, and see, he had some answers, but he didn't have the all, um, and which was fine. So, But I just felt like, you know... The,
0: so do you think the important part was being able to just express those feelings that you'd kept inside of you for so long? That was
1: half of it. Okay. That was half. The other half came the next morning.
0: Uh, so what was the, the next? So the next
1: morning was, woke up, here's all the things I'm grateful for.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And this is
1: why I love you. Uh-huh. And I forgive you for all that shit. Yeah. You know, here... Yeah. So let's, you know, let's go forward. Yeah, that's um, good. So that was, that was helpful. Yeah.
0: Um, so that's a little bit off topic, but yeah. how do you pick a good counselor?
1: Well, so back then it was just the grace of God. So we, so Kim and I ended up in Wisconsin mm-hmm. after we graduated. I, you yeah. yeah, we graduated in May. I start working mm-hmm. right after Memorial Day. Then we get married in August. So then we're together in our apartment oh. from then on out. Holy Spirit does what he does. At some point, we're driving around town, and I th- comes out of my mouth, hey, we should find a church. <laughs> I had never—I yeah, I mean, the I up going, going to church, yeah, uh, at least until high school-ish, and then we were priesters and yeah. went through all the sacraments and all that stuff in South County. Uh, and and But my relationship with God was works-based. Yes, I knew there was a God. Come on, look around. How can there not be? This right. the law. The law of physics: entropy, yeah. disorder comes. I know. So something has to keep it yeah. ordered. Yeah. So that's it's that simple in my mind, anyway. But I have a simple yeah. mind. So yeah. so I knew that. But and then I had a historical understanding of who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. But I had no relationship with him. It was hey, I'm going to work. I'm going to do good. And I'm going to be okay. And then as we got married. Um, and we were away by ourselves up in Wisconsin. Um, and then we found this. So then we had this conversation in the car when we we're driving, here, we should find a church because at some point we'll have kids and that's a good habit to be in. Right. Right.
2: right. 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 Yes. Well, and Kim
1: has a different, uh, Take the whole matter. yeah, a whole different background yeah. connected to her church. Ah, yeah. So her dad was a uh, Southern Baptist preacher, uh-huh. a very successful one. Yeah. He had one of the largest churches in West County. Wow. Uh, until she was in middle school, and then he left with the secretary. Yeah. Oh, so you can understand the baggage exactly. that she had. So yeah. both of us didn't want to do the others, right. although she was a believer, I was not. Yeah. Um, but so we're like, eh, what? What's in the middle? And yeah. I'm a little Methodist. Who knows where they're kind of in the middle? But we said, well, this non denominational thing. So this is you no, know, so eighty seven ish. Yeah. So non denominational is now a thing as suburban things grow and expand and and so it just so happens uh, we you know welcome wagon materials which nobody knows what that is anymore but when you move to a new area this is before the internet mm-hmm. so the only way you knew about stuff was either the newspaper yeah. or magazines or flyers and so there was this whole organization called the welcome wagon and they would leave you stuff a basket of stuff so we had something from the welcome wagon at our new apartment and there was a listing of local churches and there was this non-denominational church elmbrook church right mm-hmm. there in waukesha right you know within like a mile and a half or two of where our apartment was yeah. and also at the same time kim's mom who had been praying for me forever because yeah. i would say the stupidest things to her yeah. uh and about faith and whatever I'm um, trying to be funny, and it wasn't funny to her whatsoever, but she kept praying for me. So she's like, hey, I just read this article by Joe Briscoe in this Christian women's magazine, and all her husband's a pastor at Elmbrook Church. So it's like, oh, well, let's we'll go check that out then. And we went, and the rest is grace. Yeah. So that's where I figured out was grace is through a new members class. They mm. had this where you'd go and you'd study. We studied, had a small group at somebody's home. There was, I don't know, four couples or five couples. Uh, maybe some singles in there too at the Madsen's house, Jim Madsen, Jim and Cindy. And we went through no, no, Why You Believe by uh, Little uh, was the author's name. And uh, through that process and also I'm sure hearing stuff on Sundays that I hadn't heard before, then I was like, grace, and it just blew me away. And I was undone. I do. There was no moment, there was no, but it was just a season where yeah. at some point I looked back and I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I didn't get it back yeah. then, but I get it now. So, um, it was in that season, and so that all leads to so, how do we find a therapist? Yeah, so in that same season, because now I understand what grace is, mm-hmm. so that's when the Holy Spirit you give him permission to look around, yeah, and he found some stuff, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, John, you know, this have these habits you have that you've had for since yeah. you probably five or six,
2: yeah,
1: um. And that you, they've led you to do some things that you know you shouldn't have done, you never thought you would do, but yet yeah. you did it anyway. And, oh, and by the way, you are you still are doing it now yeah. that you're married? Yeah. Now, I knew all that.
2: Yeah.
1: Kim didn't know any of it. Yeah. Now, yeah. she had thought and asked me yeah. both before we were married, and I had denied it and lied it, which yeah. I never thought I was a good liar. Yeah. I was wrong. Like I was a really good liar. Yeah. So in that season, I knew in our marriage, our first year was not fun. We're all by ourselves. We're in this, this community, uh, in Elmbrook and we're trying to get connected, but you know what that's like, you're, it's hard. It's hard to get connected. We tried a couple smaller, but then they just didn't work. Um, but at some point in there, because we were struggling, the Holy Spirit was doing his thing. Uh, I'm like, you know what? There was a couple that we knew that was at the welcome wagon. They had a welcome wagon. So our information center, same thing. Yeah. But it was actually a wagon with a little rainbow umbrella wow. thing. And, yeah. So the Hubbards. And he was one of the board members. But, but he also owned a counseling center, uh, New Life Christian Resources. Hmm. And it was not tied to the, what then was the New Life uh, Art of Birds thing. Uh, it was a standalone thing in Waukesha right down the street from where the church was. So at some point I knew because Kim and I are struggling, I always, you know, Kim, our versions of these stories are a little bit different. I always thought, well, we went because we both wanted to be better. She's like, no, you wanted it. It was you. I'm like, okay, I don't remember that. I thought we both went anyway. So, uh, at some point we went, I saw the counselor by myself. Mm -hmm. And in there, I saw a pamphlet, uh, that talked about a particular addiction. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Huh, let me pull that down. Oh, oh, I started answering all the questions on the back. Oh, guess what? Here, I went in, I said, I think this is my problem. So then I started telling him the truth about my brokenness from early on till that current day. So that began that work with him. And then, and fortunately, he gave me some good counseling and tied me into a recovery group, which also they were good to help me and say, hey, okay, now that you understand, Take your time. Don't... And so I shared a little bit with Kim, but I also knew that you don't just share everything. Yeah. So I said, all right, God, you're going to have to tell me when it's time to share everything. And it wasn't much longer after yeah. that, but it was the right. It wasn't me dumping my guilt yeah. and my shame. It was once, when are we all ready to... Yes. So then we that happened, horrible. And of all times after we saw a movie... Uh, called Beaches. I don't know if you remember. It was just the weirdest. It was about these two friends, yeah. blah, 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 but they separate. And so there's this level of emotion I had and she was like, what are you? This, you're yeah. overreacting to this movie. <laughs> okay, this. Uh, let's go back to the apartment. Uh, yeah. This appears to be the time. <laughs> no. And so then we call that therapist. I call him and say, hey, we it's all out. We What do we do? And then I get a call back. And, so, and I'm like, oh. So all that to say, it's okay to change therapists.
0: Uh-huh.
1: we've changed. Uh-huh. I've changed uh-huh. therapists regularly. Yeah, um, I've gone for long stretches with the same one. Yeah, but if a couple of things, one that at that point in time I just felt whatever reason he wasn't equipped to help us. There was there was something, and he was a neurotherapist that particular guy, and he and he wasn't there much longer after that because then I ended up going back there later after we bounced around. But the thing is, we were both willing to do whatever it took. Yeah. Because at some point in that first year, as I understood what Grace is and moved forward with Jesus, the one thing we both knew is divorce was not an option.
2: Yeah. This
1: wasn't now. I we made that decision, so what's the other option? To be miserable? No. No. Yeah. So it's like, okay, then I guess let's get to work. And by less, it's me at that point. And we've taken turns working. We both had but more often than not, it's good old John that's got most of the work to do because I tend to be an asshole more often than not. So I got stuff to work on. So we—that was the beginning of that. So we found Therapist Era, we found a couple other guys to, have, and then I ended up back with a guy by the name of Dan Green, who was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, for in fact, we did a men's group therapy thing yeah. um, with and which was just a. There was a whole season within the. Uh, the church back then it was before promise keepers okay um and there was a book called healing the masculine soul and then there was another secular book called iron john and so we had this i had a really cool experience with a bunch of men from our church and we did kind of a group therapy it was experiential which sounds weird today but back then it was just what we all needed to kind of get stuff out and deal with what and we all had all different kinds of issues but we all worked on it together and supported each other and and uh, that was a, a really healthy experience in my, I was probably 24 uh, at that time. Yeah. yeah. Right before we started having kids.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I initially had the, the misconception that somehow counseling was a sign of weakness. Mm. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, that's, and and as for as whatever I'm, reason,
1: it didn't stop. Because right. I just figured, you know what? I am broken. Yeah. And
0: as <laughs> I, I am grow, really weak. Uh, I yeah. see it more as a sign of strength if you're able to go ahead and. Admit your brokenness. The one thing about um, the older I've gotten, the more I realize just how broken I really am. Yeah, and I think by yeah. the grace of God, kind of like what you're saying, He has begun to reveal to me. Um, you don't end up being married and divorced three times without dragging a whole lot of baggage yeah. along behind you, and a whole lot of dark spots inside your yeah. life. Um, so I was fortunate enough to discover a group through a series of friends. Um, you familiar with Pure Desire? No, I am okay. not. Okay, yeah. uh, maybe we can talk about it sometime yeah, offline. That'd be great. It's a group that I joined a men's group through okay. Pure Desire to talk about some of the brokenness, in particular, that impacts men. Yeah, that's impacting over half of the the men who attend church these right? days. Oh yeah, it's, it's a huge very percentage. real brokenness yeah. that needs to just be honestly, openly yeah. dealt with yeah. in order to help men heal. be the type of man that god's calling them to be so that they can be the husband's father's son that god really has designed us to yeah yeah
2: um
1: you know what i think i have i think i heard a guy talk from there uh when i was up at No regrets two years ago Ah, what was that guy's name now that you that group sounds familiar where they headquartered out of um oregon i think that might be them yeah Yeah. i'll double check my notes on that Awesome yeah, group. they they had all those stats and all yeah. that stuff up front. Right. But it's yeah. very. But that's so my. But that's you know God's from my mid twenties right. as I move forward. He's always uh, I've always volunteered. Okay, God, I am here to help work with men who are sexually yeah. broken. Amen.
2: Amen. That's Same with
1: so because I've and I I've, I've got to stay connected and yeah. working in that area because I'm still broke.
0: It's too easy for the um, enemy. I can't you get, away get from. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, yeah. I would love to be
1: healed right now. Yeah. I would have loved to have been healed 20 years or 30 years ago. Right. But for whatever reason, yeah. he's like, yeah. no, you're, that wound is there. Yeah. Right. And you are quit trying to cover it up.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, there's
1: stuff behind it, as Ju- our friend Judy would say, what's the thing behind the thing? Yeah. So there's a lot of that. So at first, I you know that first men's uh, therapy group I talked about, abandonment was a big thing. Mm-hmm. So I felt there was this feeling of abandonment that I carried with me. Uh, then as I move further on, as I get my thirties, um, uh, and really about ten or eleven, twelve years ago, there's a sermon Greg did on anxiety, hmm. and I'm like, "Wait a minute, yeah, that's the thing behind th- that's yeah. really He's talking to me. that's an issue." Yeah. And so then I started looking, and yeah, that's a big issue for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get away from yeah. the 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 family early family yeah. stuff. Um. what is your best or fondest memory of your mom and dad and what's your most challenging memory of your mom and
1: dad Ooh. okay so best <clears throat> best memory so I think I'd lump it so for mom it, she was just she was always the room mom we always ate at the same time we mm. always had you yeah, made our lunches for school, did all that. The house was always clean.
0: I like the Brady Bunch. Well,
1: it was, everything
2: yeah.
1: was, had, was put together. Yeah. So visually, so that we were cared for. Yeah. We were all, you know, you always felt uh, physically cared for. Yeah. That was awesome. And her presence just there, uh, vacations as we could, you know, middle income at the time, and then they would progress as we got older, but so every three or four years, we'd do a vacation to Myrtle Beach. Those were always fun. Yeah. Um, we did I think two or three of those. I think we did a Virginia Beach one too. We'd go through drive, get in the station wagon, drive across <laughs> through Gatlinburg, stop uh, at Gatlinburg. Now. Yeah. So that those are fun memories. Yeah. Um, the other part of my mom that is what I love about her is she's always been a dreamer. Yeah. Ah. So I like so if I look at what I get from each of them, that's what I get from her so she all so when she starts talking about something you can put in the bank now it's not going to happen now it's not going to happen this year or next year or five but at some point she always talked about having a pool i want to call it they got a pool uh she always talked about doing different things on the house guess sooner or later guess what those things there she's finding a way to get those things to happen now you know unfortunately my dad's going to end up getting a Sprinter. Man, he doesn't probably want it, but she's been talking about it for five years. And that, hey, when we, when my brother and I sell this piece of property that we inherited from our parents out in St. Clair, we're going to take that money and we're going to get one of those Mercedes Sprinters. And we're going to, yeah, dad's like, we don't, I don't, she, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. But I'm telling you, I'll put a hundred dollars that at some point <laughs> in the next six months that Springerman van is going to be parked on a new piece of pavement because I got to get a new whole piece of pavement next to the house to be able to put it there. Yeah. So that I, so she's always been a dreamer, and then really those dreams materialize. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. And then my dad, um, he's always a great coach. He would coach our softball back then. We mm-hmm. in CYC you did uh, those. Uh, little pet balls they were like mini softballs and then before you did hardball so he would coach that he would help coach soccer um he would do that kind of stuff and, I, and he got into that kind of offhand and he tells a story i don't remember it but he i remember him telling me the story in my 20s that he goes do you remember how i got started coaching you guys I'm like no he goes well so we we're at the game and you know we're all i don't know what we were six or seven and it was uh I think it was Coach Pitch back then. So our coach was pitching. And anyway, he got all frustrated and ticked off and just kind of broke down and left. Mm. And my dad was there like, well, I guess I'm going to step in (laughs) and take care of it. So that's kind of, I love that about my dad. that If there's a problem, he's going to find a way to fix it. And he's going to pull people together. He's going to lead them to it. Uh, Yeah. as he got later in his career Malencrat, he got to do that in the community up around Mallinckrodt which mm-hmm. is Grace Hill a really under-resourced community yeah. um, so that uh, it got to the point he was so well connected up there with the North Broadway Business District and then some of the other uh, little community groups there some of them Faith based some of them just general community groups because uh, he was kind of the li- liaison between the plant and them, trying to help them all move forward yeah and uh when he retired and i wish they would have invited us for whatever reason nobody at the plant thought to invite the family yeah. to dad's retirement thing yeah. i don't know if they do that at boeing but yeah. they just forget sometimes people they don't think but uh so they dedicated a whole computer lab at one oh, of the wow. schools at cool. Grace hill to my dad yeah. I'm like that is an awesome that's a legacy yeah, yeah. he is. had such an impact with those people that they're going to honor him yeah. in that way So those are some, those are kind of the fun. And I love golfing with my dad. We made a memory last year on his 80th birthday. We went to Branson and golfed at uh, Ozark National. That was a great two-night trip. And and we're going to do it again. So we said, you know what? Let's just keep doing this. Try and do it every year if we can fit in the calendar
0: uh, and do that. So Um, both of your parents are still alive then? Yeah, they're both alive. So dad's, uh, he turns,
1: he just turned uh, 81. Mom's going to be 76 uh, in November. So those are those those are kind of the highlights. Yeah. yeah. The and then the negatives, you know, the downside are uh, uh just the inability to handle emotion. Um, on mom's case it was too much it was explosive. Yeah. Yelling, insulting. You know, the me- the messages I feed myself all the time yeah. of my unworthiness and I'm an idiot or a dumbass yeah. is the word that always yeah. that's my mom's language. That's Words matter. That came right out of her mouth. And so and then on my dad's case, so he didn't know what to do. So he would just emotionally pull up. I'm going to sit over here. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to support because I'm just going to get attacked in the process if I jump in there. Uh, And he wasn't equipped by his his dad was way emotionally absent. Uh, in fact I I always the story of my dad I remember my dad telling about well he remembers the first time he saw his dad laugh. I'm like, hmm it was such a rare thing. Yeah. You know, right at the dinner table he remembers him and for the oh holy heads. Yeah.
0: Um so how do you think that impacted your parenting? Do you think you ended up adopting some of the same <laughs> attitudes that your parents took?
1: Yeah. Oh, sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. So as I so th- the interesting
1: thing is if you would have caught if we had this conversation in my 20s as we were starting to have kids I said, "Hey, I know it all now. I'm going to be great. I am so aware. And you know what? I've got these mission statements and we've dedicated our kids and I've written these little poems <laughs> and things of how great I'm going to be." Oh, and upon so this, looking back, ooh, wow. I am not happy with the outcomes of, of what of what I thought I would be as a dad. Uh, exactly. So unfortunately I was way more like my mom yeah. um, and, and the what it is is a fear. so I'm I, my own anxiety would yeah. then manifest itself and I'd be so afraid of something that my kids so I'd be I would lack empathy yeah. and if you had asked my we asked go ahead and ask Kim, no, it's Kim what's just he has zero empathy yeah. for me or the kids um and that's a recent revelation back then even up until about a year and a half ago it was it's been a struggle for me Uh, in fact it came to a head about a year and a half ago i was of the all the weirdest thing we were kim was working through stuff her mom's in a memory care center now Mm -hmm. Uh, it happened at the same time as covid but before that she had a. she lived with us for 15 years 13 of those years were phenomenal the last Mm -hmm. two were not good Mm -hmm. Um, and so it became apparent that we needed to move her out so that it would force her to interact and to stay engaged and to, and to take care of herself and not be our sixth child. Um, and so, and that went okay, but there's a lot of difficulty in that. And then it was hard for Kim. She was carrying that on herself and, you know, I'm thinking I'm helping just by, but I wasn't, it's not. So anyway, we get to a point where, um, I started we started talking about empathy and we had i remember the conversation it's in the house we had Rick before we moved in here a year ago a little over a year ago and um and uh she's like and she you know, it's really emotional, and she doesn't get that emo- She'll get emotional, but not to the point where she's crying and all that. I'm the emotional. I'm the yeah. I'm the woman in the relationship from that standpoint. And it's true, I had a lot of estrogen, which, but now I go to Dr. Moffin, so I get some testosterone health. So I was squared away on that. But that's physically, I actually, chemistry, I had, there was a lot, three or four years ago, I figured out why I was tired all the time. That was a lot. But anyway, that's a whole other physical, but, that's uh, a whole other yeah, piece. but so. There was, we had this, we got to this point, and I, yeah, you know, she was really frustrated with me and so frustrated that she was hurt and crying. And I was like, What what have I done? Yeah. And she was just like, I don't understand you. You can have empathy for all the men in your men's group, for yeah. all the people that are on your team, yeah. for any person you meet on the street. You could have all that, but why can't you have that same level of empathy for me or our kids? And I'm like, I had. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I don't. And so then in that moment, because of, I had gone through this thing at work, the, of all things, something yeah. from work actually benefited my yeah. relationships with my wife <laughs> and kids. Yeah. But we're doing this thing called my, uh, a change. And I was part of a team that's transforming our mindset at, at work within our whole Castrol uh, business. And so we, there's an iceberg exercise. And so you know, nice. icebergs—you got you know most of the stuff's underneath the water. Right. Yeah. So you travel down mm-hmm. the iceberg, and you look at your behaviors, and then your attitudes, and then your thoughts, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff, and you know, what's at the bottom? Yeah. What? And it. And so that in that moment, I started. Oh, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid that my kids are going to suffer. That I can't fix their problem. Yeah. I can't fix Kim's problem. Yeah. I can't help them. I'm so afraid. So I, I don't know what to do with that. That's why in that, that moment, I, I can't. I'm standing up here on top of the hole, in the Brene Brown example, trying to help you get out of the hole. Because I don't want to. I can't even understand about getting down in there. I'm afraid to let you be in that circumstance. So I just want to pull you out of it really quick. Because I don't know what to do with it. Whereas if you have a problem, I can sit and be in the hole with you. Because I, I don't have a long term connection or, but yeah, I mean, so, we've yeah. been friends for 10 years, but it's a different totally connection yeah. Yeah. and totally level yeah. of yeah. responsibility. It's a weird, yeah. but so in that, in that weird conversation around our island, uh, dealt, and my, it finally was like a light bulb. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now, am I fixed? No. I still, I had because I have these old behaviors where I want to get in there and I want to fix it or yeah. I want to force my kids to move forward instead of just sit, And be with them in their pain and in their fear and in their whatever it is. Uh, So I'm getting better. Yeah. Hopefully I'm better today than I was last week.
0: That is challenging just to sit and be with people that you love in their pain. I would much rather absorb the pain myself than to have someone who's really close to me. Kind of like what you're saying. A kid, a child that you really care about and love. Have them go through pain. So a couple of months ago, it's my... uh, Daughter ended up having a double stroke, Mm. and I would have much rather that happened to me than it happened to her. uh, To make a long story short, after series of medical tests and everything, uh, the prognosis is that she'll make a full recovery with no surgical type intervention, which is good. But she'll have to go on uh, baby aspirin and just be conscious of. Quick movements, any of that type of stuff that could potentially re-trigger another right. stroke. So, right. But just during that that period, that moment that she was going through that, it's I would have rather it been me than her. Part one of my episode with John Foyhofer ends here. We'll pick back up with the conclusion of John's story in two weeks on the next episode of Real Friends. To all our listeners in Podville, thank you for being loyal listeners. I appreciate each and every one of you to a very special friend of mine. I love you dearly. I look forward to sharing more real life stories with each and every one of you in the future. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of